It's time for Twig this week in Google. Leo Laporte here with Jeff Jarvis. Nilay Patel will join us from ThisIsMyNext.com and from O'Reilly Media at Dumble. We're going to talk about Google Plus, of course, the Murdoch hearings, and a whole lot more. This week in Google, coming up next. Netcasts you love. From people you trust. This is Twit. Bandwidth for This Week in Google is provided by CashFly. C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y dot com. This is Twig, This Week in Google, episode 104, recorded July 20th, 2011. Nipplefoot. This Week in Google is brought to you by Netflix. Watch thousands of TV episodes and movies on your PC, Mac, iPad, iPhone, or TV instantly. All streamed directly to you, saving you time, money, and hassle. For your free 30-day trial, visit netflix.com slash twit. And by squarespace.com, the fast and easy way to create a high-quality website or blog. For a free trial and 10% off your new account for six months, go to squarespace.com and use the offer code TWIG7. It's time for Twig this week in Google. Talking about the Google in the cloud and the Googleverse. Joining us as always, oh, now from his home, not from uh, his office, Jeff Jarvis. Hi, Jeff. Stayed at home today. Yes. You stayed at home to download OS X Lion. <laughs> <laughs> no, I wanted to hear first from you, Leo, how yes. it is. Well, well, I don't know. It's different. We'll talk about it in a bit. Joining us also, Nilay Patel, who has some big announcements to make about... What really is his next? <laughs> Neilai, former editor uh, from uh, Engadget Magazine, author at thisismynext.com, and soon to be The Verge. The Verge. We're very excited about it. He's on The Verge. Actually, I, we had to. Uh, we were, I was. Just, I just came from the office because I'm worried that everybody there is downloading Lion, and it would have killed this connection. <laughs> I actually love so this. I, I shot. came home to do this. I love this. You've got the red clock in the corner. You've got the map of Chicago. Did you plan oh, yeah. that? Oh yeah, no. This is this is my little twit set that I have. In I the love it. Of our house. I adore the only, it. The only thing you can't see is the bar over here, which I can just reach to <laughs> surreptitiously while I, the show's on. I too have a bar in my desk, <laughs> and and it's always a good idea. Also, for the first time joining us, really glad to have him, Ed Dumble. Ed is from O'Reilly Media. He chairs OSCON, mm -hmm. which is O'Reilly's open source convention coming. Is that next week? That's next week in Portland. And wow! Thanks for having me. It's great to see the uh, cottage before it disappears. It's kind of the last time. It's kind of a poignant moment. Yeah. He's the uh, he's also a big big data guy. He uh, is the uh, the conference chair of the uh, Strata conference that O'Reilly does. And you'll find him on O'Reilly at radar.oreilly.com. In fact, one of the reasons uh, you're here besides the fact that you're so close by, I had to have you come over before it's over. Um, you wrote a great book uh, books length article on Google <laughs> Plus uh, and and why it's not just another Facebook and I, we'll talk about that in a bit as well. But as you mentioned, this is the last Twig show from the cottage. Uh, we will be moving next door to the red trick twit red brick brick house. And yeah, you're waving bye. Bye bye bye. Um, <laughs> on Sunday for Twit, and then by the time we reconvene this show on Wednesday of next week, every all the bugs will be worked out. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll see. We shall see. We'll, we'll be coming in on dial-up, I know. <laughs> no, 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 no. You won't believe it. You've you got to come out, Jeff, and see it. I mean, it really, I have an amazing team. I posted, actually, and I hope, John, you don't mind that I posted your email on Google Plus publicly to a million people, do you? 
Okay. John John Slanina, who's our studio manager, wrote just has been writing daily emails about what happened today in the new studio. And he wrote me one uh, to, uh, this morning. I got his email, and it was just so cool with pictures. And these guys are working till midnight and after. And he said, we should be paying you to have this, this much fun playing with all this new gear. We're getting training and all sorts of stuff. Um, it's 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 really exciting. But anyway, I don't want to go on and on about that. But this is this is a lot of fun. So uh, let us. I guess we should a tip of the hat to the other guys. Apple uh, had a busy day. Actually, yeah. yesterday a very busy day with a big earnings call. Mm-hmm. Uh, huge amount of profit. They're, they've got $79 billion in the bank. <laughs> yeah, they're doing all right, that Apple. They're not, they're not a lot of problems. No, no. Technology's been very, very good to them. <laughs> they uh, yeah. ship, shipping new MacBook Airs, which looks sweet. The new Mac Minis, which looks sweet. They're killing the plastic MacBook, except for everybody with, in, in education. But yeah. most importantly, I think for most of us, they're, they're doing lion. You know, I asked them actually about that white plastic MacBook and what they were going to do for back to school. And they're pretty, uh, they're pretty high on the idea that people don't actually need that much storage and that the, the 64 gig MacBook Air would be kind of like fine for most people. That, you know, you only, have, you only really take, most people only really take a handful of, of pictures and they only, they only download so much music. I think that's crazy. Well, once iCloud, I mean, really what it is is they're saying y- you do have data, but you don't have it on your computer, right? I mean, mm-hmm. Once iCloud comes out, we'll all store it on iCloud. Right. Or on Google Plus or something. <laughs> yeah. I'm, trying, I'm trying to stay relevant. To well, it is relevant. This show is not just uh, Google. It's the cloud. And I think uh-huh. that th- this is a, a cloudy operating system. There's no doubt about it. So they're going to put pressure on Comcast not to cut people off when they upload all their stuff. Yeah. Well, there's that guy in <laughs> Seattle, isn't there, who uh, yeah. he used Carbonite to back up everything. He has two roommates. But they're using Netflix. They're using... Uh, 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 iTunes. They're, he said, he admitted a little bit of BitTorrent on the side. <laughs> uh, but the thing that killed him finally um, was that he uh, uploaded all his music to uh, Amazon's cloud. Right, and he didn't get that upstream actually counted for his bandwidth limit. 250 gigs he used one month, and then the second month, and the third month, Comcast said, you're out, no more internet for you for a year. Yeah, that's insane, I have to say. That's super crazy. Well, get ready, because I think this is the war. The war begins now. Well, you know, it's funny, you know, especially on a Google show, um, you know, for the longest time, Google would argue that bandwidth, in even mobile bandwidth, uh, was should be regulated as like an essential utility, which is what Andre, who's the, the guy in Seattle, um, I mean, that's what he's arguing as well. And, you know, that's what I would argue. And ever since Google kind of really started promoting Android and being in bed with Verizon, I think that's that's when a lot thing. of their changes came, yeah. they, they've kind of backed off of that. Uh, and I think they still make that argument for wired broadband, but they don't make it as emphatically for mobile. And I... I think mobile is where the real action is going to be. I mean, if you, if you, I have friends here in Brooklyn, and you know, uh, we only have Time Warner for most people here in Brooklyn, and they all want to get LTE modems, but the five gig cap kills them. It kills that idea dead. Uh, it's because Verizon wants them to clamor for FiOS installations. Which, can, can I be like, a devil's advocate here? Right. Because um, I, I agree with you. In fact, I think it's even better than you say, Neela. It's not even a utility because, you know, water and electricity have to be created. But bits are infinite 
do not have to be created. They flow freely without any constraint. Wow. It's not a no. It is a <laughs> bottomless pit. I have a good friend who's a, our, our ISP at the New Brick House, a SonicNet, and uh, his attitude is: use all you want, we'll make more. He said. He says he and I talked about him uh, this with him because it's my opinion. The expense of it, of course, is the switchers, the routers. It's a one-time only capitals expense. But at that point, bandwidth is very cheap. And let me buying more. This way, Leo. Yes. Let me try this on you. Bits are speech. Yes. And they're information fundamentally. And and, and at some point, uh, you know, we have to come to a view in society that it's a right. Uh, not a privilege. And yes, there's an issue of pain for them, same way there is pain for you know a newspaper or whatever. But the notion that you could cut somebody off, slow them down such that you cut them off, becomes, in, in the view of many now, a violation of a human right. And uh, you know, if you read too much, we're going to stop you. Yeah. No. Good point. But there is economics in this and this is the point Neelay was making and I agree that there is economics in it I don't think there's the economics are not a big issue in in land internet and in, absolutely in that case I think free speech should trump uh, whatever economics there are but but I, I hate putting myself in this position but <laughs> I do, to play devil's advocate I, uh, it yeah, is you're true with the devil Leo I can tell well it is true that wireless <laughs> is a little different you know because for now, but but also it's for now, strategically important. If 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 you know if Finland came around and said everyone in the country is going to have broadband wireless tomorrow because they're going to have a right to have wire to have broadband connections, they're going to advance farther and faster than we are, and make up for that Nokia problem. So so who should pay <laughs> for the fact that Verizon it's expensive for ATT and Verizon and so forth to backhaul data to each and every cell site because that's what you they come, have to you come do. back you come back to the argument about interstate highways and you know another model here is that and this is not going to happen in the current political environment but the government would pay for this to be done and hire private enterprise to do it but that the government would then have a role in saying how it operates that's okay well, yes. with me, but you have to have an economic solution because and this Wait. is my only point is that it's very expensive it's cheap to get landline data it's very expensive to get data to these cell sites it's well not, you don't kind, just like the dark fiber it, 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 the, the economics are inverted because the last mile is very expensive for, right. for landline. It's very cheap for mobile, right? right? right. So there's a, there's a balance. You know, I would say, have you read, uh, did, you, did you talk to Tim Wu? He wrote The Master Switch. I mean, yes. he makes these arguments a lot. Yep. Uh, it's great. Everybody should read it. It's a great book. Um, but, you know, one of the, instead of saying the government will pay for it, you know, one of the things you can do is say, well, you have a de facto monopoly, right? You're, AT, you're AT&T. So that's fine. You know, we're not going to we're not going to regulate your monopoly and say you can't have it. But because you do have a monopoly, we can we can say you have to act according to certain conditions that we set. And that's actually one of the reasons why I'm very like cynically in favor of the T-Mobile acquisition. Because once you do have two enormous companies that own 80% of the subscribers, wireless subscribers in the US, the government is empowered to say, well, at this point, the market has failed, right? The free market has failed. Oh, you're just, Verizon, you're going to buy Sprint. That's your next move. We all know it. Let's, let's cut to the chase. AT&T and Verizon, you have to interoperate, and you have to establish network neutrality or whatever you want to oh, call yeah, it. Look how well that's worked with the monopoly called cable. <laughs> but, but I think that's actually the real argument, right? Because the cable monopolies have failed the consumer over and over again. Right. If you so, look at your so own... It's time to re-regulate cable. And I agree with you, and regulate the wireless. But it doesn't or, seem like the direction we're heading. Or find ways to truly have competition. 
Truth but is, see, you know, I think the question is, where do you want the competition, right? Because you can only have it in so many places. If you have it at the access layer, you have to let the competitors monetize the access layer any way they want, which includes controlling what goes to the pipe. They have to be able to tax the pipe. I think for us, what we want is, I mean, I'm a content creator, right? I, I publish on the internet, so I, I take my bias for what it is. But I want competition at the content layer. I want access to be ubiquitous, cheap, free, good, whatever. And so so I can go out there and I can compete against Leo on video and I can compete against MSNBC on news and all this other stuff because that's where I want I think that's where the competition is vital at the access layer there's, there's only a handful of companies that will ever be able to effectively compete and the barriers of entry are so high there that I don't well, think we need to the British model Eli the British model yeah, is, un, the, is the unbundling right there's pipes in and, and, and you have a right to access to those pipes to offer better services and the government does the pipes who does the, who does the infrastructure BT, BT does the infrastructure British so it, and that's a government entity. I'm waiting right. to go but to I think, you know, uh, it's my friend Chad Mum, who is our video producer at This Is My Next and SB Nation and The Verge, who went and made that documentary with, uh, with Rick Carr in, uh, in England. It was actually on Engadget. It was on PBS. It's really great. You, you can go watch it. It's all about unbundling and, and how the British model and the European model is different and has resulted in faster speeds, lower prices, all this stuff. Uh, and what they came back, you know, it, one of the lessons when, when I was talking about it, they're like, well, you know, there people there are more willing to let the government go and regulate things and say to private companies, this isn't working. Here's what you have to do. And I, you know, I think you're right. I think the political climate in the United States is not ready for that. Oof, you know, yeah. They can't raise the debt limit. I don't think they can go and tell AT&T they have to open up their, their pipes. Right. Well, if they can do that, they're going to pay for it. Right. Go ahead, Dan. So AT&T oh, yeah. have just about ducked out of the race anyway. Their CEO saying their DSL infrastructure was obsolete the other day. Well, they, yeah, of course, because they and Verizon and all these other guys would like to go to the uh, the uh, unnet neutrality <laughs> wireless and, right. and abandon the uh, landlines. Yeah. Uh, which actually yeah, is an opening. And, and this is a, the argument uh, uh, that... Uh, Oh, what's his name uh, made? This is an opportunity, really, because as these companies abandon their copper for fiber and mostly for wireless, it's an opportunity for civil uh, governments, civic governments to come in and take them over and uh, do exactly what you're talking about. And it's in, it is in the societal interest. There's no question about that. I, I just don't know where the money's going to come from. We can't fill potholes in Petaluma, let alone <laughs> wire every you know house. Well, or it it was a huge culture shock to... coming over. Was it? This is... Well, yeah, because... I left behind my fast DSL for a start. <laughs> right. Uh, no 20 megabits anymore. And the roads? Incredible. <laughs> <laughs> and our taxes are so much lower. No, they're not. I think it's about the same. My, it is exactly my, the same. Overall tax burden is about the same in the US yeah. as it was in the UK. Right. That's Can the I just say, the political climate in the, in the Twit IRC chat room is like super hilarious too, right? I mean, this is, people don't trust our government. You know, it's like a... That's, that's actually very a American. Problem. You know, that it's is. like they don't... Tr the government is just us at that, the end of the day, right? I mean, it's... I'm with this you. This is America. It's like, it's I, I us. Look, it's, it exists to solve problems of collective action. And whether or not it's effective at doing that is the problem. But the idea of the government solving collective action problems is in and of itself why we have a government. So... Uh, that's that's end of my. I completely hijacked the show. No, I love it. Go ahead, no, 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 go ahead, Jeff. Gonna, you know the libertarians will come come storming us any any second. But but I think that's part of what we've seen with the Murdoch situation is that there is uh, an, an institutional um, coziness uh, that has gone to an extreme now. That government and media and police 
uh, and large corporations. You know, and I don't mean to sound like I'm, you know, moving to the Kremlin because I'm not. But uh, no, the government isn't us right now. The government isn't even open with us. And no, actually, you have a good point. So now what do we do? Well, it's I, I we throw the bastards know, I, out. Is that the solution? Well, if you can, I, but I think I think that there are some solutions in transparency and technology. They aren't full solutions. And no, I'm not doing my, you know, um, uh, little Red Riding Hood going through the woods routine here. But I think that. <laughs> The more transparency we have, the more government is accountable, the more corporations are accountable. And, and I think in terms of this discussion alone on technology, you know, this is where you get to things like unregulated uh, white space in broadcast, which Google fought for, which would create competition to wired and wireless broadband. Does our, does our future rely on benign corporations like Google? That's the big I think you, question. I think you're, you're, what you're really asking is how benign is Google? Well, we don't know. Right. That's the problem. I'm not sure I would trust benign corporations over right. uh, our government. I don't no, know. Who do we trust now? Do, maybe we have to be, uh, what do we have to be, freedom fighters, Jeff? We have to well, uh, take to the streets? I agree. Yeah, it, it, we are the government. We just aren't acting like it as a people. Right. Right. And, 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 but I think, you know, I think structurally the problem is that as Americans, we are, uh, you know, taught, conditioned, uh, encouraged to distrust and fear our government, right? And that's like the grandest American tradition is throw the bastards out, they're all corrupt. I'm fine with that. But at some point, you have to be like, well, we have to solve problems. You need, some, you need to trust some bastards. Right. Some, and somebody Google, in there. It's not Google, you, Lane, you, Fiber, you. Tulsa. You're the that's bastard. That's not the answer to problem. Because anybody, <laughs> but I wouldn't do it. <laughs> Nobody who has a brain would serve. Or is that true? Go ahead, Ed. I can see you want to jump I in. think the most worrying <laughs> thing about politics is the people who want to become politicians. It's right. true. But. So should we have compulsory political service like they have compulsory <laughs> military service? Yeah. At the age of five. Yeah. <laughs> yeah even I, man of the people, uh, stopped the line at the kid in the Burger King becoming my, uh, my ruler. <laughs> what happened? I think ultimately you have to have professional politicians. I, I, I don't... Mean, I... Go ahead. I'm sorry, I would run, but I, I have birth certificate issues, so really Oh, not. easy oh. for you to get off. The non-citizens in here say, well, it's not our fault. Just can't see it. <laughs> we'll just migrate if it gets too tough here. <laughs> well, let's talk about a pie in the face. As you mentioned, the, uh, the uh, Rupert Murdoch word, uh, Jeff Jarvis. Uh, it's a kind of a shame that the pie in the face happened. You have to wonder what kind of security that a guy who is carrying a shaving cream pie could walk right up to Rupert Murdoch and hit him. I love my country. I mean, <laughs> I, I love the fact that people can still throw open. pies in the face of wrongdoers, right? Yeah. That's good. It did kind of distract, unfortunately. I think the case could be made that maybe it'd be better if the if the, if the testimony had continued, and yes. maybe Re it was it was Rebecca. What's her name? Rebecca Baker. Maybe it was her. No, Rebecca. Who's the woman? Wendy. The redhead. Oh, Wait, uh, Rebecca, Brooks. 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 Rebecca Brooks. Brooks. Maybe it was Rebecca Brooks who who paid for the pie thrower because then it put off her testimony, gave her a little extra time, maybe. Huh? You yeah. never know, but I mean, we. We do huff and puff and uh, and make scandals uh, and so on, but we also don't take ourselves too seriously. So, True. you know, I'll take the pie for that. All right. <laughs> what is your take, uh, Jeff, so far on the, uh, on the uh, scandal? Well, I, did, you I watch, did you watch with rapt oh, attention yesterday? Oh, absolutely. Hard not absolutely. to. Absolutely. Yeah. It was just an amazing show. 
and I think that Rupert is as dotty as they as they get now, and that they were trying to protect him from that, or or that was a show, or it was Rupert trying to go for sympathy. Um, and and if and if that was the humblest day of his life, then it shows how humble he is, which is not to say not at all. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I agree with that. I find I find it interesting that the, the the nation that invented much of our government got rid of all this notion of talking about my honorable friend, the gentleman from Georgia, and they just say things. They just talk. And it has less formality and less uh, BS. I, um, but, 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 but that show part aside, I think that, I, I come back to what I said earlier, I think that there's an incest among the institutions in society, which sounds awfully broad, but it is. But we really saw it in a, in a, in a shocking way that um, how close the newspaper company was to the highest seat of power, how close they were to the police, how the police hired the newspaper people to go deal with the newspaper people. Uh, it really it, is It is so shocking. cozy. It was so cozy, oh, wasn't it? Jeez. Which is also, pardon me, Ed, Britain. I mean, not to be too cynical, but I'm pretty sure it's always been that way. Uh, and what's happened now is that we get a glimpse and they really yeah. let it slide. But I don't see that over you know, like the last 50 years that we've worked any differently. Interesting. Yeah. I kind of got off track. I mean, it's not really our beat, but I just thought <laughs> like, we got a Brit here. We got we got Jeff Jarvis here. We ought to really talk a little bit about it. Yeah. 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 I mean, I, I keep on throwing out the speculation that the News Corp will have to get professional management. When that happens, they'll get rid of the newspapers and it will become an entertainment company, which is what it really is. And actually, you've been really oh, yeah. outspoken. In fact, I thought uh, you've been very quite cranky on uh, Google Plus lately, Jeff. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and, it got me mad. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, and I, but I, but that's really I've been following. The Google Plus has been a great place to follow that story. Yeah, oddly enough. Well, in, I disagree in, there, Leo. No, I disagree. I think tw well, at least for take during the hearing. Twitter was, I think, a much better way to follow it because it, the, the chronology was safe. Ah, you didn't know who to follow. Whereas right. on Google Plus, the breaking of the chronology, you and, get animated and, GIF, then news, then animated GIF, then news, and then an animated GIF of the pie. Cat, cat. <laughs> yeah. And no, I um, agree with you. You're right. Yeah. And and the lack of a hashtag again. You know, we've talked about that before, and we don't want to go into a full Google Plus show again. But oh, yes, but I do. think that. One thing that Twitter sees is the need to create the infrastructure for people to gather around topics, places, times, memes, things like that. And Google Plus, ironically, doesn't have that. We know there are different things that it's going that are happening here. On Twitter, you're getting you know real live reportage and comment. On Google Plus, I'm finding I'm getting thoughtful debate. You know, conversation, engagement. Yeah, the op-eds, yeah. the the considered stuff. I can't necessarily make sense of the the tweet stream. And of course, if you create a, a circle that's just people who are writing about this, you could follow that circle quite effectively. I think actually most of the complaints I hear about Google Plus are from people who aren't use who are just following everything, who aren't using circles. But they're not doing it right. They're, you're doing it. You're doing it wrong. <laughs> it's a user error. Yeah. Really Don't you understand? Here. Make circles. Use them. No, actually, I'm not surprised because it's such a pain in the ass to make circles. But that is, there is a. You solution. think it's a pain in the ass? Well, it's easier than other circles, you know, other list-making tools, but, uh, yeah. yeah. Um, let's talk about uh, Ed's article, actually. I think that this is an interesting piece. Why uh, Google Plus isn't just another social network. Can you, can you synopsize for us, Ed? Sure. I mean, I've been thinking about this a bit over the last week and feeling that Casting Google Plus just against Facebook and as a competitive service it was a very narrow view of what's actually going on. 
One of the unique things about Google is they don't need to make money out of the social graph. No ads on it at all now. Right, right now their business does not depend on it in a way yeah. that um, you know Twitter and, and Facebook can't say that. Well, Twitter can. <laughs> Only because they have enough VC, they can, keep, they can keep going. <laughs> but ultimately, you know, they're right. That's got to be a business. Right. That puts them in a, in a very interesting position to be able to commoditize what they're actually offering with, you know, creating um, circles and sharing a notification and really opening it up. We haven't seen the API yet. Right. Of course. But I have high hopes from the kind of signals that they're giving out that it'll be pretty open. And suddenly, they can make these notification sharing friending services available to anyone who wants to incorporate them without feeling they have to own them. Right. Without having to feel, say, like Facebook, well, you can have this, but only as long as it serves our purposes. Right. It strikes me that also Google Plus, Twitter really, and, and this is what you were talking about a little bit, Jeff, with following this trial, Twitter really is a signal. It's a it's an information signal. It's a um, almost a nervous system of, of content flowing over a signal. Whereas Google Plus really is much more more like email, much more like a communications medium. Yeah, or, or discussion medium. Yeah, but I mean, in fact, I think it can, as some have done, uh, including Mike Elgin, incredibly replace email. I think you know, Mike. I come from the point of view that computers are here to serve us. And particularly with the social systems, the more they model what we like to do in real life, which is not stand at the top of a building yelling at people in 140 characters, it's getting in groups having conversations. Right. Then that's a platform where we can fit computers into really helping us make sense of the world. But Ed, I, I'm finding already, I'm, I'm fearing for the scaling of Google+. Plus. Because even though they have latest numbers, 18 million users or whatever, it ain't 750 million. And uh, how many threads? I finally uh, installed uh, uh, Comment Plus as, a, as an extension so I could uh, cut down all the comment threads. Because a, a, a 200 comment comment thread is not a conversation. It's, it's useless. It's, it, it gets back to, oh, oh I'm going to say it, the problems I have with buzz. Yeah. It went on right. and on and on and on. People say, oh, you're not back here talking with us. Well, no, because I can't even deal with 200 comments. I had something to say. People said something interesting back. You repeat yourselves like millions of times. I still like Google+, but I see a real problem there that's only going to get worse, no? Well, this is kind of the power user problem, isn't it? You know, for 99% of Google+, users, unless they're probably not going to suffer too much of this but it really matters because people who shape opinion are the ones who suffer from it right the whole scoble issue <laughs> oh god it's, it's, a whole, it's a whole bundle of issues i want to i want to block scoble and i love robert and he's an old friend but i want to block him because all because it's it's too meta for me i want to actually use google plus I, I make a point now of not saying anything about google plus on google plus you know who i just blocked it's like fight club who i just <laughs> blocked calaconis he did the worst uh, uh comment bait i've ever seen he's giving away a sonos to anyone who uh, at random who anyone who leaves him a comment are you surprised no <laughs> <laughs> i never circled him in the first place for that very reason i, I am terrified oh, what happens though we well, you know when the brands huh? start coming is that the verb to circle someone? Uh, well, is we that, can't decide. Some it? people have been saying to circle them size. Ooh, ooh, that's, <laughs> no, that's when you take them out. I think I think to circle them. 
Yeah, yeah so that you, you circle them to put them in. Or encircle. How about encircle? That just sounds, that sounds very German. <laughs> you have been uncircled. <laughs> <laughs> you will enjoy it. <laughs> I will say this about my experience in Google Plus so far. I think the reason that we're all busy talking about how good it is in engagement and how interesting it is and, and how you have these great conversations is because Google was smart enough to open it up to a bunch of journalists right. and Google employees to right. begin with. So our early experiences were, it was us. It was, it was these conversations we have amongst each other. And I think when, when you begin to scale it, I think that's going to begin to deteriorate, you know, and I, I'm curious to see how that takes place because Eli, that, I think it's cool. It's, it's right now it's a cocktail party and cocktail parties are interesting and fun, no matter what form you have them in. And right, what you're when it goes from a cocktail party to Lollapalooza, then things change. Well, so what I think you're saying is you're heading to a point where where you don't control the discussion that happens because, um, sorry, I'm pixelating badly. I'm trying to stay very <laughs> It's attractive, <laughs> though. I like it. I do not move. A Rorschach test. Um, uh, to heck with it. I have, I have bad skin today. Uh, so, so that you can put out something and, and you don't have any control over how many people can comment on it. Right. So it's not your cocktail party anymore. Well, let, let me put something to you, right? When the web started, we could list every web page um, on an index on right. Yahoo. Right. And uh, people were saying, oh my, this is going to scale. How's this going to scale? I can't read it anymore. And Google and other search engines came along and made sense of that. If we're engaged with this, I got to have some kind of faith that Google are looking at this problem and probably more than anybody else oh, yeah. have got tools to figure out how to solve it. Absolutely agree. I, th I think what we're doing is is having the hubris to to try to do the job for them. Right. Just relax and you know float downstream <laughs> on the yeah. uh, on the surface of things. <laughs> right. Uh, now, we'll, I mean, it's it's curious, and I, you know, I, I think it's good that Facebook has a, a serious competitor in social now, and I, you know, I think Facebook will respond in in some interesting way as well. I, I'm, I'm happy to see them going at it directly, and I, I know th I know that your argument is that it's not it's Facebook. not it's not Facebook, yeah. but. You know, I think this will push Facebook to want to be that social layer that they already were. And I, I think that's what Facebook perceived itself as. And I think they're going to realize now that they have to be much broader in terms of allowing access to the graph and in terms of spreading, you know, their, their friend relationships across the web than they'd ever anticipated being. Right. I mean, being open is one very good way to undermine your competitors. You don't have to go far in the land of Google to look on Android. And that kind of all-embracing, welcoming attitude has pretty much <laughs> helped them eclipse iOS. And I think if they apply the same kind of strategy here, then because the friending or the, the following model is much more fluid, much more versatile, and mm -hmm. they don't have the same kind of brand associations as Facebook, they're in a great position to open up and have the kind of services that Google Plus provides, you know, flow through many kinds of web applications. It's in, as you say, it's infrastructure. Right. And I think we just haven't seen where it's going because we haven't seen an API yet. We're, it's, I think it's such early days. Uh, that there aren't tools attached to it for comment control. There's all sorts of things missing. But they've got to do one thing first. They've got, to, they've got to do the job better than Facebook or as good as Facebook in the first place before they can take it further. Well, they learned that from Buzz because Buzz had, I mean, this could have, Buzz could have been just as important of an announcement, but by launching it in a wonky fashion, they killed it, basically. And, uh, and so they need to learn from that. You're right. It has to launch in a way that doesn't, kill it before it gets to its maturity but I just think there's so much more and it becomes infrastructure yeah. when you have an API you have it 
become background to a lot of other things, and then and then it can really be valuable, I think. Right. And, and that deals with all the problems you have, Jeff, because it, yeah. it it's not it's no longer something you go to the plus page to look at, you know. I think, right. I think once the API comes, what, what's going to be really fascinating here is when the API comes out and to see what happens with it then, what gets fixed by the community. I mean, part of, I remember, and, this, and the irony of this is Fred Wilson said this about Twitter when I complained about some things I wanted on Twitter, and he said, that's not Twitter's job, that's developer's job. Right. Well, not so much anymore, not Fred. Anymore, but, no. yeah. uh, but I think that Google will look Google at will that. do it that way, though. Yeah, they will. Yeah. And I think that, uh, that you, they have this basis and, and, you know, when you build into that, things like the, the profile become incredibly important, and they're putting value into that. That becomes part of the infrastructure of this. But I think developers could do amazing things with this, and that's what will have them eclipse Twitter. And I think Twitter is the more important uh, I think it could eclipse email. I think it could eclipse a lot of things. I think it could be a new form of communication and... Yeah. Well, it's very interesting you say email, because despite, you know, repeated rumors of its death, email still hasn't gone. Well, I wish it, it would die. It just tortures us. That's yeah, all. Yeah, I just wish it would go. <laughs> yeah. Wait, why? What, why? You love I, email? I, I run my business on email. Why, why do you think I love email? But do you want to run your business on email, Neil? I, I can't imagine what else I would, I would run it on. I mean, what, what other kind of distributed, secure, only I can see it system are you going to trust? So here's why email works is because it best models what we want to do in real life and society. Well, being bugged by all kinds of people who t tuck at my, at, my, at my coat and tell me things when I don't want them to tell it to me. It's like going on the subway and having <laughs> that, everybody try to have They a are the trappings of fame, Jeff. Just five Jeff. minutes from <laughs> you. The trappings of fame. It, so you're yes, pointing out again that he doesn't have a normal experience. <laughs> yeah, I mean, normal. I mean my, wait, my job as a journalist is to distribute information to people. And, you know, part of that means I have to crap. filter through information. Google getting rid of the spam. Jeff is just ranting at me in silence. <laughs> I don't know who to. Go ahead. Can we hear you? Go, I, I, I didn't. I hear, hear him. Talk. Don't you hear him? I couldn't hear him. Oh, I can make myself heard. <laughs> All right, I'm sorry. Take, I didn't mean to talk over you. We'll take a Chipotle break and then uh, and we'll come back. <laughs> Fighters go to their corners, and uh, we will continue in a moment. Uh, Neilai Patel is here from thisismynext.com, soon to be theverge.com. Will that change the beat that you cover? Uh, no. Not, I mean, but, we're, we're but more than bigger. gadgets. Yeah, we'll be gadgets. We're going to do, I mean, we, I think we, we recognize the things that Google Plus and Facebook and Twitter are, they're an important part of what you do with gadgets. And I think, you know, the reason we're not called like, you know, webtech.com is because we want to be about culture and society as well as, you know, megabytes and display resolution. So we're going to get a little bigger. It's going to be more than three posts a day on this. Okay, but, 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 you know, I was reading Gizmodo and they had an article about a woman who has a nipple on her foot. No, we will not have any nipple foot article. Thank you. I'll tell you that right now. We, uh, Brian we'll Lamb leaves, and one week later, <laughs> they've got nipple foot, and it's like, I don't want, this is not why I go to Gizmodo. They're, yeah. they're ready to step into the breach that uh, the news of the world has left behind. <laughs> Apparently, <laughs> there is a huge gap, a nipple foot gap. But now but you now know. I'll tell you one trips. more thing, Leo. How did it get there? I didn't put it there. Somebody emailed it to them. Just shut down the email. Just shut so it I down. The I, Not I, the email. Uh, who cares? I don't understand why I'm scrolling through. And by the way, it's on my uh, portable, my mobile, my Android, <laughs> which means that it's like taking over my phone with his nipple foot, and I don't want to see it. 
I don't want to see it. Well, I, I will promise you right now that there will be no nipple. This is foot my next nipple. Good. N not, I can make you that watermark. In the very nipple least. foot on the verge, please. <laughs> No. That sounds like the worst album name of all time. <laughs> Nipple, no, it's a good band name, Nipplefoot. <laughs> Nipplefoot on the verge. You heard of Nickelback? Like, no, we're Nipplefoot. <laughs> it's terrible. It's awful. And I'm Somebody sorry go buy a brick from Nipplefoot. Just I just, I'm just saying, <laughs> I'm just saying, please, there's a better way. And I know yeah. that Neli and company. By the way, Joshua, was, he's very good on Jimmy Fallon. He is very good. Talk about were, I was in the audience that day live. They, they ate it up. Talk I've never seen anything. When he gave all those Chromebooks away, yeah. I have never seen a frenzy like that. How did that? Did, did you guys get something from Google to do that, or how did that work? Yeah, you know, uh, yeah, you have to ask him. But, I, you know, the backstory that, that he told me was, you know, he was going to demo the Chromebook. He thinks it's a really cool idea. And we all do, right? Um, and he said, well, you know, I've always wanted to do an Oprah giveaway. Can, can we do it? And Google was super into it. They, sure, why It was not? great. They had a – it was when we were leaving uh, the audience. They had a huge pallet of them stacked up in the lobby. People were, like, running towards them. They'd, like, do crowd control. It was – it was like wild. The woman in front of me when they, uh, you know, I was in the audience with Ross from from The Verge and uh, my fiance, and we were sitting there. You know, we knew it was going to happen, but the people in front of us just freaked out. You know, they were like, it was like some people on vacation, and the mom leaned over to the daughter and said, "This is just the most perfect day I've ever had." Oh my god! And I was like, it's a like a three hundred fifty dollars. That justifies your belief in the Chromebook, which I personally yeah. I don't get. So I, maybe you were, you guys are right. Uh, you know, I have it. It's here. We, we, we were playing with it last night. Uh, I put it after 20 minutes. I put it down and opened up my real computer. So there's, you know, you can't run Skype on it. I couldn't do this. Well, that's kind of my point is like if I just want a browser, I'll just launch the browser. Yeah. But people, people, I've never seen anything. People, there was like people like falling out in the audience. They were like, it was the rapture had descended on them. And yeah, it was that's Samsung just, Chromebooks. That's people who go to TV shows. <laughs> that's who that is. It was Free cool. Tickets. It was Hey, we're in, we're in New York. How about free tickets to see Jimmy Fallon? <laughs> um, but, 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 I, but more to the point, you got to announce The Verge on, like, network television. That's pretty freaking great. It was really cool. I mean, you know, it, I've never been a part of anything like that before, and it was, it was cool. It was humbling, and thank you, Jimmy, for letting us do it and for having Josh, for putting up with Josh. Josh's 10th appearance. You think it would have worn out his welcome by now. That's amazing. I would. I mean, I'm about to quit. Actually, I can't stand it. <laughs> Jeff Jarvis is also with us. He's cranky, but he's happy. <laughs> hey, hey, who's cranky? No, you were. Cr you've been cranky this week. I thought. Gosh, I hope Jeff's all right. He's awfully cranky on Google Plus. Maybe it's Google Plus. He's making you cranky. Maybe. Am, am I wrong? Am I? Am I? Yeah. Yeah. You, you don't think yes. you're. You don't think yes. you're. Yes. You're, getting, you're a little cranky. Is it? Is the weather hot? Is yeah. It, is it like hot weather that's making you a little? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Let me lie down on the couch, Leo. And <laughs> Get some Chipotle. <laughs> also, Ed Dumble is with us from O'Reilly Media. We're talking right now, though, about Squarespace.com, the secret behind exceptional websites and a great place to go for your first website or your this is my next website <laughs> dot I love it. com I actually, you know, I, uh, I just got my ham license last week, and so I've immediately... Congratulations. Thank you. You know, I've been a ham for my whole life, but finally I have a piece of paper that proves it. Now, um, oh boy, it's so fun. The gear you get. I just got my radios. Oh, I'm so excited. But first thing I do is go to squarespace.com. I click this big try it free button. Put my call letters in. I said, I've got a new website. And I set it up. And it's so fast. I'm not showing it to you yet because the call letters aren't official yet. So I can't show it to you. Oh, I've got this stupid upside down scrolling. It's going to drive me crazy. <laughs> 
The mouse goes up, the page goes down, everything's all around, around. See that? I'm scro- okay, look. I'm scrolling the mouse up, but the website goes- oh. I'm gonna have to change that. It makes sense on a- uh, for some reason it makes sense on a- First touch, thing I did, touch turn thing. it off. Turn it off, yeah. I'm sorry, I got distracted. This is this is this is the secret behind of exceptional websites. No matter how you scroll it, and uh, what you do, what you'll do there is uh, you set up the site. You get to use all the features. You got two weeks free. Try the templates, the social integration. You know the the, the little uh, widgets that let you put your Twitter or your Facebook or. And as soon as there's an API, I'm sure Google Plus in there. Actually, because there's Google Plus RSS, you could actually just put the RSS feeds in there. The widgets support any kind of RSS. Point and click, drag and drop. You don't have to be a, a you know, HTML guru to do this. You're going to get a great site and great hosting too, and I, that's really important because, you know, it's one thing to have software. It's another thing entirely to have a great host. People often ask me who's the best host. It's Squarespace for your photo blog, for your business, for your nonprofit, for your uh, ham radio station, whatever you want to do. This is a great place. Price very affordable. Remember, you're getting hosting and software. The longer you sign up for, of course, the less it costs. It starts $12 a month. You can even get down to $10 a month. But let me tell you this. If you use the offer code TWIG7, you'll get 10% off for the first six months. And that's a good deal. Squarespace.com. Sign up for the free site. Play with it. If you decide you want to buy it, use the offer code TWIG7 for 10% off for the first six months. It's the secret behind exceptional... Websites. <laughs> Why are you laughing? This is my next website. Yeah. That's I'm laughing why. because the people in the chat room are. I, I have our little Mac Mini review unit here. Oh. They're yelling at me to go have, open it and review it live. You have the new Mac Mini, huh? Yeah. we. Uh, it's over in the corner. But it, I, have to unbo- I would show it to you, but I have to unbox it. So. Oh. It's kind of skinny and pretty, and you can, add, you can add RAM now without a butter knife, which is nice. Yeah, the whole the whole bottom was that was the old one. This is just new processors. It's 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 a really nice computer. I mean, it's cheaper. I think six hundred starting. Yep. Um, and uh, Joanna Stern has our review unit of the new Air, so that'll be. I think she's hard at work on that review right How now. How did she get that assignment? She's our she's our reviews editor. She's oh. it's what she does. She she's, she assigned it to herself is what she did. Yeah, it's pretty much exactly. <laughs> that. I'll be doing that assignment. First <laughs> of the door. Yeah. So Google just announced this one. This is kind of a shocker. I like the name of the title of, of this blog post. More wood behind fewer arrows. Google is shutting down Google Labs. Wow. While we've learned a huge amount, writes Bill Cogren, SVP for Research and Systems Infrastructure, by launching very early prototypes in labs, we believe that greater focus is crucial if we're to make the most of the extraordinary opportunities ahead. So they're going to either save labs experiments that are going on right now into product areas or shut them down. If they take multiple inbox away from me, I will, th- I will throw a gigantic fit. That's, I'll this, say that right this, now. This kind of surprises me. It does me too. It shocks me. I think, uh, you know, what's next to go? The 20% rule? It is, a, it is a big shift. They say, we'll continue to push speed and innovation, but not through the labs uh, website. So there are so many cool things in here. Yeah. Uh, hmm. I don't know. I mean, there's something going on, isn't there? Because the is this labs Larry? Are really, well, the labs are really cool, and there's nifty stuff. But for a while, particularly last year, I, I felt that the pace of change in Google Apps and so on had kind of stalled. That it's pretty much the same. 
you know, um, Gmail wasn't doing anything more for me, despite the fact that I got more email and right. so on. That seems to have picked up now. And I wonder this, if this is just kind of like a continuation, the realization that they can't let their main product lines linger and they might need to be a bit more focused about improving stuff. Yeah, it is about about. I think it's Larry and focus. I think that's you know that's the word they use. And but what that means to me is more control from the top, um, even more of what comes out. Boy, I'd really like to. I'd really like to know what's going on in there. It's it feels like there's a culture shift in this company. Ah, so GigaOM has uh, an update on their story. Google spokesman says Gmail Labs, Calendar Labs, and other labs will not be shut down. Uh, just the Labs program that brought us Google Goggles and Google Reader, which sounds terrible. Um, yeah. So it sounds like they're just diversifying these efforts back into their main product categories instead of having this one kind of cohesive website. But you just oh, said right. two things, two great things, which came out of the Labs, Reader and Goggles. Right. I mean, I depend on Reader. I don't. I'd, I'd, Me too. I mean, right. I, I don't think they're going to do anything serious with that. But no, but but, I, but, I but, it, but, that, but it's the point is this is make these these labs are it's like it's like AT and T shutting down Bell Labs. This is where good stuff well, comes from. They did, and they did. I guess the question is, would Reader still be able to come out of a division, or would Reader was just something wholly new that wouldn't be exist? They must now. have a plan. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think this is a combination of, of Larry and, and, and Sergey, right? Because Larry is in charge of execution. Sergey's in charge of new products. I think they're trying to, to really divide up the roles. And, you know, you've got to focus on making new products better in order to execute your long-term plans, right? right. And that's what this feels like. They're, they're just trying to streamline instead of being the chaotic playground that is Google. Whether I don't know if that's good or bad, but that's what this feels like to me. It's so much if they take, but look, I will say this now. Hear me now, Google. If you take away multiple inboxes, I will come over there. Home will, says they won't. I will come over there. That, Don't make me yeah, hurt you. Yeah. Don't make me pull this podcast <laughs> over. So um, I do feel like there is a shift, though, going on at Google. I mean, I think uh, G Plus, in a way, is kind of as uh, a new Google. But I already I, I get a message right now. When I, when I did a search through my Chrome bar, for Leo Laporte, it says on the search results page, the top, the experiment you're trying to access is no longer available. Now, I don't know what experiment it was. <laughs> That's a problem. Whatever it is. Does it only come like, up for Leo? It's the Leo Laporte experiment. No, 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 no. It's, it's, um, but that's it. I don't know. It's, it's like those moments on Google Plus where you oh. see a post that says the post is no longer here, and that's the only time you really want to wish you could read it. Well, I'm using this <laughs> lab thing, which is the, uh, the voice search. We're using voice search. It's still working for me. Jeff, oops. Let's do another one. What? Jeff Jarvis. <laughs> I just want to see if it understands. Yeah, and it, and it said, yeah, Java it. Or, yeah, yeah, bit. <laughs> I'm feeling lucky. <laughs> Instead of Jeff Jarvis, I get me. Nipple toes. Nice. Nicely done. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's, uh, I guess it knew what I wanted. <laughs> I mean, don't you? You really just want yourself. I mean, yeah. fundamentally, you're always just Googling yourself. Could right? they go wrong if they just replaced all searches with ego searches? Just They couldn't go wrong. <laughs> it would just be a natural. One thing Google did, I, have to, I really have to praise. Well, actually, okay. I won't say anything. I'll let you guys weigh in on this. But if you did a Google search, I don't know if it's still going on, but if you did a Google search yesterday from Google.com and you had malware on your machine, it would tell you. Yeah. Right. I think, I think it's good. It's they knew it because there's some 
the malware was sending all the requests through a certain proxy, right? So if you came from the IP address of that proxy, they could figure out that you were infected. But I very public spirited. Nothing. Yeah, I think it's more than that. Too. I saw Matt Cutts uh, at Google a week ago uh, when I was out there, and and he swore me to secrecy. I was already sworn to secrecy by being in the in the facility, um, but now that they've done it, you know what's interesting here is that this is also a, a form of crowdsourcing in a way. It's a way to expose the depth of the malware problem. What they're saying in part here is people are running malware and they have no way to know it. So this now right. surfaces that. Well, and right. I think it is public spirited. If Google knows it and doesn't say anything about it, that would be wrong. Exactly. Exactly. So it, it, it gives you, it's, it's like we're all getting, you know, hemorrhoid checks, thanks to Google. <laughs> Free colonoscopies today! Is that, is that really the right comparison? <laughs> you can't be like, we're all getting a flu shot. You gotta write, write for the hemorrhoid. It's not Chrome, right. it's gonna be renamed Cough. <laughs> nice. Jeff nice. and I are just giving you a little preview of your future as you age. <laughs> anyway. That was terrible. Kill just a little now. something to look forward to. <laughs> and over. Nothing like a colonoscopy on a summer day. <laughs> so, um, <clears throat> by the way, summer day, July 20th, on this day in 1969. Come on. I saw it on the chat room already. Well, do you tell us then? Neil Armstrong walked on the moon. Oh, he did. That's one oh. small step for a man, one giant leap for man. And then Michael Bay blew <laughs> it up. And then they blew it up. Immediately afterwards. <laughs> it's moon day. <laughs> and tomorrow was happen. Marshall McLuhan's 100th birthday. And, wow. in, and in neither case has Google celebrated, but no, but they do have peas on their front page because this is also Gregor Mendel's, what is it, 89th, 189th birthday. That's pretty cool. That's obscure. It could have had a moonwalk on there. But I do like the illustration. The Google Doodle's kind of cool. It's yeah. this kind of strained role that Google's playing as the uh, Social as a socialist state that America doesn't have. You know, <laughs> warning us of infections that we need to get vaccinated against, <laughs> educating is. us into scientific history. It is. Stay calm and get Google infected. Google is a socialist overlord. Hmm. Is that a bad thing, speaking as a, somebody from a socialist nation? <laughs> is, this something to, is this something to look forward to? Wow. I, I, they managed to keep the tone so it doesn't uh, annoy me, but it's just an interesting phenomenon that they're the ones doing this first. There is a meme going around of this that, that British stay calm and I guess that's from World War II. Wait, stay calm and carry on. And, and carry on. Make yeah. a cup of tea. Yeah. And there's now those signs everywhere with everything on them. The latest version is uh, stay calm and plus one. Stay calm and oh, plus lovely. one. Somebody made a stay calm and buy a brick for me. Oh, good. <laughs> I like that. And my favorite one is stay calm and eat cupcakes. Yes. Keep calm and carry on. Um, it's better than let's put it this way it's better than any animated cat gif you can think of can, can someone please come up with, a, with an extension that just gets <laughs> that's why you're gifts. cranky I knew it <laughs> it is it is I just keep calm and carry on there's the original somebody's gonna make an animated gif out of that oh I'm sure they have uh. Just go to Google Plus now, everybody, and make your put your animated gifs up. Let me just see if there's any animated gifs. I think that you know we we talked about this on Twitter, and Jenny Jardin, who is admittedly one of the uh, one of the offenders, she yes. puts a lot of animated cat gifs up there. But I love yeah. Jenny. I mean, she's a boing boing contributor. She's got a great sensibility. I don't mind the animated gifs. 
Because you're a nice guy, Leo. I said, in fact, that we may look back and say it was the animated GIF that put Google Plus on the map. Oh. <laughs> Let me see if there's any in my... Oh, see, I'm scrolling the wrong way again. Let's see if there's any... They're actually really confusing when you use the mobile app because they don't animate. They don't animate. So I'm like, all these very strange pictures which are the first frame make no sense (laughs) at all. You're very right. One thing Google did do well, and it kind of surprised me, I put an IMDB link in and it it rendered it beautifully. And uh, and the Google guys say, oh yeah, if if the uh, XML or HTML is properly formatted, when you put a link in, we'll always do the right thing. So you're seeing a lot of links from a lot of sources that do format out very well. And I think, you know, obviously the animated gift was an intentional thing, but I think they're doing a really good job with interpreting URLs and making it a very yeah, rich stream. I'm surprised no one has done an animated GIF of the pie plate. Well, because I don't oh. think anybody saw it. It's just from behind, right? Yeah. yeah uh, but there but should but be an animated TV, GIF. TV was looping it like it was an animated GIF. Right. <laughs> uh, well, uh, of, of Mrs. Murdoch leaping yes. to defend her husband, which is a good argument for marrying a younger woman, I think. <laughs> yeah. Right? Uh, from a volleyball team. Yeah. Is she from a volleyball team? Yes, yeah, she is. Yeah, she yeah. spiked that guy. She did? Wham! <laughs> <laughs> Have you followed Trey Ratcliffe? Oh, I'm a huge Trey. Right. You know, Trey, we know oh. Trey because I've known him for a long time. He's a oh, regular he's on many of our shows. He does amazing HDR photography. And and he, I would say that more than anyone, he has benefited from Google+. It has become yeah, the Trey Ratcliffe site. He's really used it brilliantly. He's put up just the right number of photos. They're striking. People love them. But can I point uh, out something? He's been doing this on Facebook and uh, yep. other social sites for a long time. He was a big Buzz user. It's not merely that Trey is brilliant. It's that this is the right medium for him. It's, as I've been saying, this is about sharing. And when you and Google did another brilliant thing, this light box is simply the best light box yep. for photog- photographs I've ever seen. I mean, this is better than this is better than Flickr. Uh, the comments are there. Other pictures are there. The number of comments. I mean, this is a really great way to look at pictures. And I think a photographer like Trey, a lot of photographers, in fact, have really benefited from this. So, Trey, so what becomes interesting about that, Leo, is is if you're you know, does it become better at some point than than YouTube to show your best video if you'd use I think it well? So. Mm-hmm. I see you know, a lot of YouTube videos quality. on here. Look at this, you know. See a lot of these. I think the key <laughs> thing is that it's in the conversation when it's on Google Plus. It's not out yeah. in a silo that's dedicated. You're just walking into the room and showing people what you've done. Is Google Plus the world's biggest BBS? I think that's the it. Is it's a forum, isn't it? It's yeah, really it's just, just a forum. huge forum. I mean, yeah, and they they're they're trying to build the forum layer over the top. I, it's a it it's an interesting way to look at it, but it's I'm just so curious how they're going to actually use my personal data. Right, I mean, this is. They're it feels like the theme of our show is: Do you trust? To the serve you better, sir. Why to would serve they? You yeah, why would right. they? What would they do? Come on, Neil. They first of all, they already know everything about you. <laughs> Just give in. Just shut up. Just give, give in, in and shut up. <laughs> Stay calm and shut up. Relax and float, float on downstream. Yeah. Uh, by the way, they have now banned the brands. Yay. Dan Patterson of ABC News uh, just posted on uh, Google Plus that they have, in fact, killed the ABC News radio page. This is something they said they did not want brands to do this. Mm-hmm. And, I, you know, I applied for the uh, Twit brand page on there. I didn't jump the gun like Mashable, ABC, a lot of uh, organizations. And because um, I just thought, well, I'm going to honor their request not to do that. It's interesting, though, that they've actually clobbered them. 
They're gone. Right. I mean, they had to, right? Because if you did the right thing, they couldn't say, well, there's the right, right. thing. Right. I people, Some people are too big to fail. Yeah. It's yeah. a good socialist if, if kind killed, of way to run things. You know what? Probably Mashable is the one who screwed it up for everybody else because they were like now the number four most followed page on there. Let me see. Yeah, well, what's gone. interesting then, so imagine if Twitter had done that at the beginning. If Twitter had, had created people space and brand space, Right. And then it could have monetized brand space. I think, I think what we're going to see here is not advertising as we know it. I think we're going to see brands using it. And we have Michael Dell, who I, I'm sure followed our advice from the show three weeks ago. And he's looking at how to use uh, Plus for customer service and Hangouts for customer service. So if you really look at, uh, you know, I was talking to a whole bunch of hyper-local people, and I said that they should look at the merchants in their towns as members of their community and finding ways to serve their benefits and make money from that. And I wonder whether that was where Google goes, whereas Twitter still is flailing out there with no damn business plan. Uh, Matthew Ingram wrote on Gigaom today, quoting Dick Costolo, saying they're going to become a real-time commerce company. What? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. What? <laughs> Meanwhile, you saw one of these stories in the, in the list is Twitter just is, is supposedly closing an $800 million round, $400 million of which will go to investors and employees oh in fact, that's interesting and somebody said in They're taking um, money off the table now somebody in, in, in google plus uh said uncharitably it was a ponzi scheme um that's a little strong but you know one should worry about a company that that starts taking money off the table that's, However, what, that's what groupon did with the with their yep. most recent round Yep. But on the other hand, you know, what's happening is there are private markets now that are doing it anyway. And I think it was Costello who said, or some, one of them said at some event last week, that the private market exchanges are causing them big problems because employees are trying to cash out. And so, you know, we really need a new structure for earlier markets. Ah, it's very interesting. What a world we live in. Google, uh, while it's uh, shutting down... Uh, Google Labs is apparently spending uh, millions of dollars, according to the New York Times, to find the next Google. Um, Claire Kane Miller is betting, says that, uh, writing in the New York Times, says Google is betting $200 million uh, as a venture capital company looking for Google investments. I guess that makes sense. $200 million no. isn't a huge fund, is it? No, it's not. Well, not for that. No, they got $39 billion in the bank. You, Google, put in a billion or two. Put some money in there. It's, what are, you, what are yeah. you doing with all that money in the bank? Yeah, well, another thing to do, I think, if you look at the early days of Twitter, didn't, didn't Kleiner Perkins start a Twitter fund? Yes. They started a mobile fund. I they, they, they did. A they started a Twitter fund for Twitter apps, I think. Yeah, I think so. Wonder the hell that's going for him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's worth a story. Hey, reporters out there, that's worth a story. So why wouldn't Google? Why shouldn't Google, when they come up with the API, start a plus fund? That's Google Ventures says it's invested as much money in the first half of uh, 2011 as it did in all of 2010. Larry Page says uh, they're going to continue at that rate. They are pumping money out there. I think that's smart. Yeah, it hedges, doesn't it? I mean, you can't achieve all the innovation you want inside your own right. company. Close the labs. It's impossible. And start oh. a venture fund. Not a bad idea. Google spent at, at least a million dollars on G.co. This is the new domain. I immediately checked. And twit.co and leo.co are already gone. Jesus. <laughs> Didn't take any time at all. I can't get my name, darn it, ever, nice. anywhere. But apparently, uh, according to the .co folks, CO is Columbia. You know, 
the single letter domains t.co is twitter's shortening mm-hmm. google just bought g.co uh Let's the the see. .co um guy who runs the .co uh, uh registrar juan diego calle said that it's north of one and a half million dollars to get a single letter .co they're making big money i mean that's a good deal they, those guys have been sponsoring the Web Expo conferences in Moscone for some years now. Really? That's yeah. CEO? Yeah, like big time spending. Huh. Really? Oh. What do you. Is it Colombian uh, drug lords laundering their uh, cash? <laughs> I'm not authorized to tell you. <laughs> I have Neil Probably not. That's CEO. Do you? Yeah, that's my Because I couldn't get .com. Because nobody. The person refuses to respond. How much to me. did you pay for the .co? Uh, I paid whatever GoDaddy charged me. It was like 10 bucks. It was oh, available. Okay. So it's only yeah, like those special one-letter ones. Yeah. Like if exactly. you wanted p.co, yeah, I that'd think, be expensive. Well, it's the, it's, the, it's the URL shorter. But but here's a question. Post-Twitter, not that I'm predicting any demise here, but but in a plus world, do you need shorteners anymore? I don't think so. Oh, I would be so glad when they die. Yeah. Just, yeah. Needless. Who, who wants g.co? Although, please, can Google, can you bring back... The, their name in the profile. I don't want to be a six four three seven nine nine four one one three nine 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 four one one. That's silly. I don't want to do that. <laughs> so you're ah. saying that you know what you are? I am who I am. I am not a number. I am a free man. But it used to work. Profiles.google.com/slash/leo-laporte doesn't mm-hmm. anymore. I don't know if they have some privacy issues to nail down there before they can bring that back. Well, you used to have a switch, right? So on your profile, right. you could say, I want my name or not. Mm-hmm. Well, here's a very interesting along that line is, is the question of verification. And one of the stories in the list right. is Google's strategy for celebrity acquisition. And, and part of the question for there is, how do you verify? And one speculation was that, they would, that you would fax your driver's <laughs> license in, sir. I am what I am. <laughs> well, well, they, they, is they kicked Bill have- Shatner off. Uh, William Shatner said, hey, Google. And, uh, and by the way, it's not Google. I don't think it's Google who does this. I think it's the users who say, report this. This isn't mm-hmm. William Shatner. Report it. And he got booted off. And then I'm sure somebody at Google said, whoops. Because he got right. brought back. Have you what you'll have anyone? is new gatekeepers. You'll have agents and publishers and right. studios and people like that become the gatekeepers to identity. I think Google is so wise to defer celebrities and brands. Yes, right. As long as they can. Well, they should have. put I, you know what? Here's here's my here's my sop to Robert Scoble. Robert, you're a celebrity. You should have waited. Yeah. You're a star. He's not allowed. Should. Yeah. And then if he gets off, then I could be like number five. Yeah. Mashable, by the way, is still on there. Mashable uh, did not get booted. I thought they might have, but they still have their... Uh, Maybe they'll just do the right thing. I am holding speed. back. So what will happen? Will it be like a special brands area? or? I don't know. I don't know either. I think I just have one to thing I'm thinking about system. with this notion of ads on Twitter is... And I asked... I suggested Bill Gross should do this because they have all these clients... I've long wanted to know what's the proportion of tweets that are read or just simply displayed on a screen. We will never know because I don't think Twitter wants us to know that. Well, but Twitter is not the one who probably knows it. Well, they know from the web. Is a a client, right? And so if you're going to put an ad in a stream, you have this problem of how much of your audience isn't seeing you. Right. How many impressions Mm -hmm. do you get? Whereas, so so that's going to be a problem that Twitter has to have architecturally. Whereas if you look at Google, look at what Google's done in the past. Google completely reinvented advertising. This is critical. In old media, the advertiser took the risk. 
you know, would this ad work or not was your problem. In Google land, when they sold by the click, Google took the risk and Google aligned its interests with the marketer. Right? And that changed the economics of all advertising and all media right there. That was the key thing that happened. Uh, that's what really changed everything, because they offered a better deal to advertisers. Well, so come along with Plus. First, they're going to prove that people are there. It's very active. It's a beautiful place. And we're in charge. It's our space. Kind of. And so then if you're going <laughs> to enter in brands, I think I'm just, I'm just betting, and I don't know anything about this at all, but I'm betting Google's going to invent something that's as new. And how do you want to interact with Dell? Right? And how does Dell want to be interacted with people? Um, you know, you go to things like my Starbucks idea and, and the Dell forums where people solve each other's problems and those kinds of things. You can imagine morphing those functions right. to a world like this. Much higher value, much higher relevance to the user, much better experience. Um, you know, I, I think we're not going to see plain old uh, ads in streams here. I could be wrong. But I'm going to bet they're going to invent something new for the brands, and it'll be worth it for the brands to wait. I think you're right. Um, one of the character, one of the, the the things that strikes me about Google Plus right now is that it's actually earned the word social in social network, right? It's not kind of a half in half out broadcast platform right. like Twitter. <laughs> right. Um, Twitter is really not social. It, no, it's it's not the same. Is it for, for many anyway? And. For me, it is, does that because it more accurately models the way I relate to people, the whole circles thing. If they can accurately model a useful way to relate to brands. But how would that... I'm well, trying to think what that would look like. I think Jeff's got something with, uh, you know, more like take the support forums. You know, you right. walk... You, like get satisfaction you, kind of... You walk into a store, you take yeah. it to somebody, you say, this isn't working, what's going right. on? But a brand doesn't intrude on my stream, necessarily. Right. You, you, if, if you seek out the brand right. or the brand is recommended to you, that becomes incredibly valuable. You know, I even look at Blippi, where my favorite story out of Blippi, and they've pivoted a bit, too, after I finished the Are they the still book. around? They are. They are. They're, I got a whole damn chapter on Kaplan in there, so he better not die. <laughs> uh, his company, I mean. Um, but, but my favorite story from what he tells me is that when Matt Cutts, we've told this before on the show, bought the Wi-Fi right, scale, right. and they credit Matt over you, Leo, which may be wrong, but no, no, in no, any no. case, 100 people bought it immediately. Right. And if you look at that, that's the future market. But now they're a review site. Right. That's pretty much, yeah. they want content. Yeah. So they've gone to review, and they use the credit card only to be a gateway to, to, to reviews. Um, whatever. I, I, I think if you look at changing the relationship of a company to its public on Google+, that's possible. Mm-hmm. Well, the thing is, nobody wants to uh, listen to companies talk about themselves, right? It's the whole, right. we tell people when the you know, companies speak at conferences I, and whatever. I even am starting to revolt at the self-promotion yeah. that I see on here. I almost want to see people use... Google Plus as a selfless tool. <laughs> Why you laugh at me? <laughs> wait, 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 wait. You want to give up. people, human beings, the ability to broadcast information, but you don't want it to be about themselves. Yeah. I, you are crazy. I don't know what. It, kind I don't of mind if it's so, about so themselves, but if it's a, if it, it could be about their unique point of view, but it, like a, you know, an article. But this, there's so much self promotion. It's like a dinner party. You don't want to be yeah. talking about yourself all the time. And you wouldn't be but doing you want that. To be revealing enough to be interesting. Yeah, it, but yeah, that's like actually how it should be. But how do you enforce that as structurally? Or but this, this this goes right back. This is why they open it up to journalists 
who always want to talk about things and we we find uh, ourselves fascinating but you know because we're peers and colleagues and egotists but when you open it up to the huge scale it and is going to be, be endless self-promotion yeah and i mean that that's just the nature i mean that's so what isn't that isn't is that a big this this is a in, in a bigger way the challenge that google faces with brands how, how do you keep something like this compelling and content rich not just in the face of brand promotion but in the face of humans this it ties in <laughs> it ties in a bit with what um tim o'reilly says about privacy that you know all the data is out there the only chance you've got of regulating it is by building social mores into the yeah. system so if somehow the system punishes uh, people who incessantly talk about themselves if it's easy to get rid of them mm. or that's frowned on then that's the best we need a new drop mechanism. down it doesn't just say a report abuse or block this person but like this person's too self-promotional. Huh. That'd be good. You know, I always, when I was in college and I threw a lot of parties, I would always say that I, I knew I was having a good party uh, when there was somebody there that I didn't like and who didn't like me. Because that meant my party was so good that it they transcended our personal relationship. Wow. And that's like, that Google Plus is right on that cusp. <laughs> <laughs> my, my party is starting to get full of a lot of people I don't know. Well, yeah. I'm seeing an interesting trend on Google Plus to people using this report abuse button against people. In fact, uh, Jenny oh, Jardin yeah. just said, how come Mashable's still in here when right. uh, ABC is gone? And the first comment is, report his fake profile now. You know? Um, People should. People will start using vigilante tools. Yeah, I used it this morning. I woke up and somebody had shared something to me. They were having a competition or something. And was it a foot nipple? It was not. <laughs> was it Jason? Calacanis? I don't think I know a foot nipple if, if I saw. It was one probably Jason. It was actually probably what you were talking about. He was giving I, I away uh, and our fake profile go away. Yeah, we're we're having, you know we're building all this new stuff for the Verge and we're talking about comments and communities and uh, it's a huge you know, challenge. Huh? It's a huge challenge. It is. And, you know, one of the things we took away at Engadget was we took away the downrank buttons. And we said, you know what? Uh, people are abused. There's no – we want people to, to, to go after the good things. They did on and Dig. Spend, they misused right, it on Dig. Right. And yeah. so we want people to, to, to spend their energy promoting good things and spend their energy in a positive way. And we'll, we'll go through and moderate the bad stuff. We'll, that's, we'll take on that role. That's, that's our responsibility. Mm -hmm. We want readers to go – uh, organically find the good stuff mm -hmm. and it maybe it worked and maybe it didn't but that was I mean that's our thinking it, it still kind of is I, there's all those buttons that let you do something vengeful they're ripe for abuse I mean that the first thing that's gonna happen is people are gonna use them the wrong way instead of saying this is really good it, Eli, it's hard it's, it's a hard a thing to do yeah Eli, let me ask a question could you imagine with an API out there right so you have more control over what you do could you imagine building verge not on a website but on plus what would that look like Hmm. Uh, so, if I was if I was just me, if I was just a guy, and I wanted to be a publisher, you're just have, a guy. Oh, yeah. And if I didn't have any resources, and I wasn't part of a company that is actually a technology company, then yeah, I would say, well, I could. There's a way for me to focus my energies on uh, specific platforms, you know, because what we think at. SB Nation and The Verge is that you're, you know, you, we can write a WordPress blog, which is what we're doing now, and it's interesting and, you know, we're getting traffic and people like it, but what makes it, what makes our, The Verge, what will make that better and good and vital and interesting is how we're going to leverage the technology of the web 
to make our content new, right? So we're not taking a print magazine and shoving it on the web and saying, well, we're online. And so I, and I think the technology informs the publication. So if I'm just me and I say, well, I don't have the ability to build proprietary technology like I, like I do now, right? Because I'm part of a company. Well, yeah, then I could say, well, I want to use Twitter and Facebook and Google Plus and all these other things in lieu of installing WordPress. You could do it. I don't know what that would look like, but if it was just me and I, I was driven to do it that way, I could. It the question it, it probably wouldn't be your first choice for a comment content delivery system, but it sure is valuable for brand building. I mean, look what Trey is. Ratcliffe has gained out of it. But this. so let me ask the, let me ask Jeff one question back. So let's say I do that. How do I get paid? Right? Because that's the ultimate question is fine, I can build an audience. I can build an audience anywhere. You know, I I can take my pants off on the internet and somebody will look at it, right? But how do I get paid for that? I mean, well, that's this is where I'm question. assuming this is where I'm assuming there's an API that lets you draw out your best and present it how you wish, but draw people along by using Plus. So maybe Plus isn't. Maybe Plus is a CMS. Getting, yeah, I mean, getting, getting paid though is a different problem. It's not. <laughs> well, I disagree. I think, not, I, think right? I disagree. I think that, I mean, we do everything we do is free and we get paid by advertising. So uh, you solve, you have to solve that getting paid problem. I don't, I don't disagree with that, but I think that no matter what you're doing to make money, you also have to generate a, an audience and a community. And sometimes platforms like this are valuable and then worry, then you can figure out how to get paid is a separate problem. It's not the same. It, there's marketing well, no, and there's so how to get paid. I, I, you know, one of the things that I'm very precious about is our editorial integrity, right? And I, you know, you look at like mommy blogs or some other phenomenon of people becoming massive content producers that didn't have a, a rich journalistic tradition behind it, right? And that's good. I, I support that. But then you read some of them and they're sponsored by all kinds of companies and their coverage is informed by direct advertiser and advertorial control. And I, that makes me uncomfortable personally. Well, I agree with you, but that's going to so, that well, will out also. Right. But so what I'm saying is if you build a huge audience, right, what, what, the way you get paid is by saying things to that audience. And you can either say them directly through me. I can say, well, Sony sponsored me today, you know, like drink this Diet Coke. It's delicious, um, which is that's one way to do it. That makes me uncomfortable. The other way is to say, well, I'll take this much space on the page and you can have this stuff around it and I'll have a sales guy and we'll develop a relationship to actually sell that stuff at a premium instead of I'll paste in Google's code or whatever and yeah, we'll I just have ads. You're, uh, no, you're not going far enough. Both those examples are old models of messaging. And if you look at Leo, yes, is Leo messaging? Yes, but we, we know that Leo only advertises things he trusts. Um, except Chipotle, which has not been smart enough. I don't trust here. them, but I'm hungry. <laughs> I don't either. Um, but again, I, like I go that. back to Google and, and, and look what Google did. Google didn't go for messaging. Google went for relevance in search. I think it goes right. back to what Ed was saying earlier, which I liked a lot too, about the notion of the norms, that Google separated out ads from search. Now, the companies are still in search, but there's a norm about how you're supposed to be there. And I watched Matt Cutts' video today, uh, uh, one of his developer videos, and somebody asked him and said, if I'm selling the same products on three different sites, but with three different business models and sales models and, and, and pricing, are you in a condition of that spam? And Matt said, well, that's interesting. Three, if they're different enough, probably not. 3,000, yes. It, with 3,000, you don't pay any attention to the one thing that matters. So Google is making people do things by the law is code, right? So that's part of what Ed is saying, I think, too, is that there's, 
we got to watch here and see what are the norms and what are the laws that we're seeing emergent here and where do brands fit into that and i don't think it's messaging anymore i think it's relationships and i yes. think it's data mm -hmm. that's the clue train yeah get on the clue train that's exactly what the clue train says it says markets are conversations and I think there's an opportunity. People. There's an opportunity for Google, it, since it's created a conversation platform, to invent a new way of uh, uh, ah. of, of of communicating with customers. But, but I think what's important to me, as somebody who creates content, is to make sure that what I'm communicating to people is under my control, right? And what, not directly, now, I don't wanna go approve the ads that we run on our site, but I wanna make sure that they're, you know, they're as classy and beautiful and meaningful to people as the content that we actually have. Well, that's one so, approach, or you keep it at arm's length is the other approach. But when you do that, you run into immediate problems. So the best example I can think of is the one tiny trip or one tiny trick to lose your belly fat. Ad, oh, I hate right? that ad. But those are federated network ads, right. and they're everywhere. Yeah. And that's what happens at arm's length, right? You develop an oh, exchange that happens no, far away from the content producer, and then you and this has happened to me personally. You wake up one day no, you're right. to your beautiful website that you work for, and there's a belly fat ad on it, and you have to say to yourself, "Well, that's the deal. That's the bargain." I think we just need new models. I don't. I think that we no. we haven't solved these problems yet, but I but yeah. I think that it, they are soluble. Uh, we got to run. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so, I, but I, and we have to do a little quick commercial before we run. But I also want to say, the Google Plus message of the week from Jeff Jarvis: Felicia Day does not want you to go to Comic Con without your deodorant, kids. <laughs> Please and thank you, Isn't Jeff, for finding that. Yes, <laughs> if you're at Comic Con, Felicia says, if you're at Comic Con this weekend. By the way, we are. We'll be covering it. Sarah and Tom are down there right now. We've got coverage. Uh, when does the coverage start? Tomorrow, Friday. Friday, 4 to 6, Saturday, 2 to 4, and I'm sure they'll be wearing their deodorant. There's, there's great comments in there about geek stink. <laughs> oh, Jeff, I have a question for you. I just thought, and that's a hijack again. So let's say you, you do bait, you somehow manage to monetize the conversation. How do you verify the identities within the conversation? How do you say, well, that person isn't being directly paid by Sony to, oh, how do you, how do you keep the trolls out, basically? Uh, no 100% answer at all. Uh, I think one thing you do is you control Sony and you hold some weapon over Sony. What I wish Google would do, for example, is when, when spammers come out selling products, Google should go after the, the ones who make money, including the products themselves. I'd I think, say make, stop this. I think Google Plus does a good job by having a, a loose, not a, not a force, but a loose relationship between your actual persona using Google profiles and, and what you post on there. You really strongly encourage not to use a handle on here. I think that's good. I think that's one way to do that, right? And there's the wisdom of crowds. People can spot a shill a mile off. Exactly. And trust trust the audience. I agree. I agree. We know immediately, yeah. don't we? We know it right. in our guts. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I do have to take a break and be a shill for a moment, but only briefly to remind everybody. <laughs> Look, it's easy to sell Netflix. Just go to Netflix. I don't have to sell this. I, you know what I watched last night, which I really liked? I never heard of this guy, Bill Hicks. Uh, really? What? Yeah, I know. I'm shocked. Well, he, he died in 94. Somehow yeah, I missed his career. But many people say he was the greatest comedian or one of the greatest comedians of his time. So there's a great documentary on here made by his family, which I really love. Now, this is an example of something I would never have seen. I would not have ordered the DVD. I would not have found it at a movie store. But on Netflix, watch instantly. It's so cool. You browse around. And, uh, you know, I had an hour or two to kill last night. 
And as usual, I found something really thought-provoking and interesting. I also watched Chuck Barris's Confessions of a Dangerous Mind. That is just weird. Lots of great stuff here. $7.99 a month for unlimited. This is the future, I'm telling you. And yeah, you know, I mean, there's movies, there's TV shows. I was watching Star Trek, the original series. Man, does that look good now, this new high-def version of it that they've created just for, for this. I, I love it. That's all I have to say. Netflix.com slash twit. Okay, you're already a member. Okay, that's not going to do me any good. Tell your mom, your dad, your friends, your non-tech savvy folks in your life what a great thing Netflix is. They will thank you for it. And if you send them to Netflix.com slash twit, I will personally come to your home and smooch you. On the lips or not, you get to choose. Netflix.com. There's, there's something I can't really live up to, actually. Does that make it a lie? No. <laughs> because you know better. Netflix.com slash twit. Ed Dumble, I, I really want to thank you for being here today. It's really nice to have been you. It's been great fun. Yeah. Thank you. O'Reilly Media. Media.O'Reilly.com slash Ed. Radar.O'Reilly.com slash Ed. I'm sorry, Roddy. See, I did that again. Yeah. And uh, Oscon, tell us about Oscon. It's coming up next weekend? It, it's coming up next week in Portland. We'll be there for five days in the convention center. Over 400, I don't know, 500, 600 speakers. It's the, it's the open it's source It's the gathering convention. of the tribes. It really is yeah. the open it's source great convention. Fun. And uh, as program chair, you must be having a great time getting people like John O'Bacon, Tim Berglund. I mean, so much fun. It's huge. It's wonderful to be able to get up. You get up there on stage and you are awed because yeah. everyone is around you. That's really neat. It's such an honor. Glad you could be here. Um, Jeff Jarvis, your number of the week, my friend. My number of the week is uh, $54.91. Uh, a site called WordStream trying to figure out the 20 most valuable uh, ad words on uh, Google. Oh, that's interesting. And ran a whole bunch of words against it and whatever the methodology is, is on their site. But they said the number one word is insurance. Oh, yeah. Followed by other illogical words like loans, mortgage, uh, and so on. The uh, top 20 is all they list. The bottom three don't speak well for America. Rehab, treatment, and cord blood. <laughs> and cord blood? <laughs> At 2780. Wow. Yeah. Is nipple, nipple foot in there anywhere? <laughs> it will be now because of the power of Leo. <laughs> yeah. People no, I'm, I'm, I'm instructing your guys to write an SEO bait nipple foot headline right now. <laughs> you better not. <laughs> I'm counting on you. <laughs> You know, I bet you can get nipplefoot.co. <laughs> yeah. It's available. The other thing I want to mention real quick is I saw that, uh, uh, number one, somebody told me in uh, Twitter that there's a gift stopper for, for Chrome Plus, I mean, for Google Plus. And number two, I just saw right before we went on, Harvey Levin from TMZ is on here, and he's already saying, wow, people are following me like crazy. So everybody, go find Harvey Levin and shock him with how much Bring him the power of Leo and say you're there because Leo sent you. Is he, worth, is he worth following? I think he'll have lots of interesting gossip and stuff, and I just proposed him as the new uh, CEO of News Corp. Wow. Nice. It's L-E-V-I-N if you want to uh, follow yeah, the right, right one. TMZ for all of you, yeah. Yeah. I'm a lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> he looks like a lawyer. Yeah. Actually, this is good. I'm going to add him. Let's see. I have some circles. Uh, celebs, companies, creators, designers, entrepreneurs. Oh, hey, we're seeing Leo's circles. Yeah, funny, Googlers, hams, uh, journalists. Mind my, my your circles. I meant to tell you, Ed, I had a reporter call me this week from a media outlet to be unnamed who said who his whole thesis and his boss's whole thesis was that, well, 
Facebook is about friendship because you friend people there, and uh, and all you are on on Google Plus is acquaintances because that's what they say. I said, no, you dip. It's just a word. <laughs> I'm a follower. It was huh. still the lead of the story. Yeah, of course. Yeah, of course. Reporters. Uh, Nilay, uh, Nilay, anything you want to plug? <laughs> TheVerge.com. What yeah. is... Yes. You know, go to The Verge, sign up for our, uh, for our archaic email alerts. Maybe I'll send you a sponsored message on Google+. Um, and, you know, this is my next. We're still going to be doing it for, for until we launch. So uh, the Mac Mini review will be up this week. The MacBook Air review will be up this week. I, I, I you know, almost I'm sad because I actually love This Is My Next. I read it all the time now. But, but yeah. I'm sure The Verge will just be this plus. It will be, yes. That's, we're actually just going to call it This Is My Next Plus. <laughs> it will be, uh, it's, I'm excited, I have to say, working with this team. Uh, we have a lot of ideas about what to do, how to make our, our project bigger and better. And, you know, when you, when you work in a gadget, a site like Engadget for a long time, you, you only dream about what you could do with additional tools and technology. And, hey, we're, you know, we're doing it. So, you know, you were talking about TMZ. Jim Bankoff, the, our CEO at SP Nation, he started TMZ with Harvey at AOL. I mean, really? he, he knows wow. how to build big things. And uh, I'm excited. it's exciting to work with him and, and build this thing that we're doing. Can we follow you uh, on uh, Google Plus? Is that okay? Yes, I will start to post in Google Plus if you guys follow. <laughs> I've been I've been very lax about it. Well, there's no way to make money on it. Yeah, that's I only. I How do I monetize it? <laughs> but you can make gifts. This Diet Coke is so delicious. <laughs> but does Sony pay you for that? <laughs> uh, I want to wrap this thing up because we've gone long enough. Thank you all for being here. This was our last broadcast from the uh, the Twit Cottage. I do invite you all to. Take a look at the uh, new place uh, online. At uh, We've got a little live cam up there, wow. bit.ly slash drop cam. And if you haven't yet purchased a brick, you could sure help us out. We've sold over a 1,000 of them. We're really glad to say we're going to have a wall of honor as you come in. You'll see your brick up there along with a lot of other great bricks. If you go to bricks.twit.tv, you can be become a part of the Twit Brickhouse I'm telling Studios. you somebody... Buy Nipplefoot. It will it will haunt Leo forever. <laughs> that would that would really be funny if I, every day as I go to work because I have to walk by that wall every day, and you know my eye is going to go straight to that, straight to that. So uh, um, we will be over there Sunday night, uh, Sunday afternoon actually. Uh, 3 p.m. is our first show, and then uh, this week in Google will be as always Wednesday, 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern live.twit.tv. You don't have to go anywhere else, but we will be in the new facility and looking great, I think. Thank you all for being here. We'll see you next time on This Week in Google. <laughs>